brothers and sisters. I'm happy to be with you today, uh, sharing the word of God. Uh, in fact, I've been traveling and uh, you know, I'm taking this uh, call from uh, a hotel room. So in case any internet instability is there, maybe I'll uh, log in again. Uh, uh, I would request put their mics on mute uh, so that we don't have any disturbance. Thank you. Uh, when Samson called me and asked, uh, you know, what the topic that I would uh, choose for discussion, uh, I mean, it took a very little because I just, you know, prayer and asked for God's guidance. And God instantly revealed to me that you should speak on abiding in Him because if we are not part of uh, Jesus. And if Jesus is uh, in us, uh, we will not do anything. And that's what the been uh, you know going on my mind during this entire Lent. So I chose the topic abiding uh, in Jesus for today's uh, discussion. See, I'm not a pastor, and you know, very uh, few times I you know, though I meditate the Word of God, I've not been sharing the Word of God in many fora, uh, except of course the only the CBMC uh, forum. So today's topic uh, will answer these uh, key questions. You know, so uh, how do we abide in Jesus and uh, what are the benefits of abiding in Jesus? Uh, so these two questions, um, you know, I, I'll try and, um, you know, questions. Uh, first of all, let's see what's, uh, what does abide mean? You know, we know that abide is, you know, to comply with, going with, sticking with. Uh, but when we say abide by, abide, uh, you know, uh, all these expressions are used in English very often, but is used, you know, only in very less context. And that important context is abiding in Jesus. Abide means remain, remain in Jesus. Uh, you remain with never to leave. Uh, so you and parcel of uh, uh, Jesus. So you know how to how to behave in the outside world when we are part and parcel of Jesus. So that brings us to the question, you know, how do we abide in Jesus? So firstly, if we have a personal relationship with God, we remain in Him. Uh, what's the nature of personal relationship to Christ in terms of spiritual reality? Uh, we see a lot of references uh, of our relationship to God Bible, references relating to uh, parallels such as uh, sheep to shepherd, child to father, slave and master, subject and king, body and head, all these things. See, so a few things that you, my attention I'll share briefly. To shepherd, uh, acting as the shepherd of his people is an analogy analogy found uh, uh, throughout the Bible. In um, Genesis 48, 15, uh, Jacob on his deathbed summarized his uh, life. He declared that God had been his shepherd all of his life. That is what he said. If we read Isaiah 53, 6, it reminds us over and over again that God's people and sheep are very much alike. And the connection is uh, most often uh, negative. Sheep are not only dependent creatures, uh, singularly unintelligent, prone to wandering, and unable to find their way to a, a shepherd, even when it is inside. The analogy is very appropriate. It's very clear because we we are helpless and our helplessness and uh, our tendency to wander and get lost, uh, we are in need of a 
good shepherd and in good shepherd you know we used to have an old uh, story uh, many of you would have heard the story and um, uh, a passer by gets to engage uh, himself with a shepherd who was uh, tending to his sheep and offers to tell him how many sheep he has and he would give uh, away one sheep as reward if he found the number right so the shepherd and uh, goes our man with his gadgets, his Google map, his video to data conversion technology to calculate on a tab and you know come up with the right number. He says 1,586 sheep. So the shepherd said, yeah, you are right. We are very right. And he was impressed. So he said, well, I guess that means you get to take one of my sheep. So the deal was that, you know, he'll give away one sheep if he said the number uh, was right. So the guy, uh, you know, took a uh, one put he puts one the shepherd gives one animal and uh, onto the back seat of the car he puts and uh, the shepherd says um, if uh, I can ask you a question and uh, you know if uh, uh, I, I I tell you who you are uh, if I give you the right answer and uh, will you uh, give me my sheep back he says yes uh, he said immediately you're a consultant so he said wow that's right uh, the guy says and he says now uh, you know. Uh, you can uh, take your animal back. So he said, how did you guess? He said, I mean, no guessing is required. You, know, you showed up here uh, because nobody even called you. You showed up here. You took a fee for giving me an answer that I already knew to the question I never asked. And uh, you know nothing about my business. Uh, now give back, give, back my, give back my dog, he said. So <laughs> that's the smart shepherd who knows his job of protecting a ship, that's in a light event. Then the next relationship is child uh, to father. In John 1.12, but all uh, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And Second uh, Corinthians 6.18 says, and I'll be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says uh, the Lord Almighty. So Paul uses the son and father analogy um, quite frequently. Uh, he refers to a relationship with God as a child and a father. While writing to the Galatians in Galatians 3.26, Paul says, For in Christ Jesus, uh, you all are sons of God through faith. So a child gets unconditional love from the father. When the father throws up a child even to hold while playing, you know, the child has completely a complete faith in the father. Or, you know, we read stories of uh, uh, the child... Uh, uh, the father holding the child and crossing a, a you know a river and the child is very confident that the father will uh, uh, lead the child and that's the kind of relationship we have with our uh, uh, our father uh, who is uh, Jesus. Uh, then we have a slave and master in First um, uh, Peter two sixteen we read live as free people but uh, do not use your freedom as a crop for evil live as God's slaves. Whereas in 1 Peter we read again, uh, slaves in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Uh, this reference is obviously to earthly masters, uh, perhaps uh, bosses in the office. Uh, I mean, uh, many of us would have uh, worked under bosses, even if we are in ministry, we have our own boss who is God. Um, do we as Christians, the question comes to our mind is, uh, do we as Christians submit ourselves to our bosses in the, in the workplace? Uh, yesterday, and, and how ethically 
kind of uh, you know uh, we live would show you know that we are god's uh, uh, children uh, yesterday you know kind of we were i was part of a small panel interviewing uh, many people for a vice chancellor's position for an upcoming private university uh, in bangalore one of the questions that uh, we asked almost every candidate was regarding compliance because compliance is very important with the ucc and uh, ct and with the new nep coming up the new educational policy coming up compliance uh, becomes a matter of further uh, importance so uh, we were uh, you know asking a question that his boss uh was asking to fake the numbers and uh, you know we gave a hypothetical situation saying that uh, you know uh, your boss is asking you to fake the numbers and present a false picture before an accreditation committee uh how would you react only one person who attended the interview gave a straight answer and said that uh, he would resign from his uh, position god's call for us to submit to the master is purely on rightful terms and not on unlawful things and the uh, that is what i understand matthew 6:24 says no one can serve two masters either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and wealth so many christian marketplace have a dilemma they should work uh, i mean or do full time ministry to serve god of course god is our master here the context is about earthly masters i i feel so he means that uh, no one should work for two masters and the reference is to the fact that if one uh, does serve two masters there would be no justice done to uh, done equally to both in reality uh, we would be uh, you know favoring one over the other so in our workplace we shall reflect the love of god uh, by the way we work and by being an example and a role model to others around us of st francis of assisi Uh, i think he reportedly said that uh, because they not been able to you know kind of he actually said it or someone else said it but this is attributed to uh, st francis of assisi preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words so i love this adage because uh, it clearly says that uh, uh, you by your very behavior and place become a missionary of christ even without preaching verbally uh, but by illustrating uh, christ like Uh, behavior and that's what we are called uh, uh, to do in the workplace so we work also uh, do our ministry by uh, you know uh, exemplifying or you know by being an example uh, of uh, a god child there in the workplace in the environment then subject to king god is the king and uh, we are his subjects in a world belonging to god which we call god's kingdom uh, we are his subjects doing his will uh, we find in daniel 3:33 that his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom it's it's uh, there's no end to his kingdom that is what we read so god is always the king so even in the lord's prayer we uh, you know ask and seek for his kingdom to come uh, for god is the sovereign king and uh, you know we are all uh, his subjects uh, then we see references to body and its head jesus christ is the head of the body uh, which is the church while the members of the body are seen as members of the church so we as christians we are members of the church the body of christ here we are called to be you know one uh, team of church and god is the uh, god is the head right that's our personal relationship these aspects are our personal relationship which uh, kind of uh, uh, 
help us uh, abide in uh, Jesus. Secondly, uh, if we abide in Jesus, we bear fruits uh, many times over. So we see a lot of benefits when uh, uh, you know we abide in uh, Jesus. We bear fruit when we remain in Him. Uh, we become useless without Him because we cannot bear fruits for fruit by ourselves. We have to keep God's commands to bear fruit. If you bear fruit, you become God's uh, disciples and uh, we should uh, remain in his love. That is what uh, the Bible says also. You know, I mean, if we read uh, John uh, 15, 4 to 11, I mean, uh, we're very familiar with chapter, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. So obviously uh, God is, uh, you know, the head. Uh, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So he uh, will see to it that, uh, you know, we are groomed and uh, you know pruned, yield more fruit. I mean, we gather more knowledge, we gather more resources and spread the word of God and we bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. Here God gives the promise that if you remain in me, then I remain in you. So it's a very, uh, you know, I see this as a very conditional statement. Uh, the first part of the sentence is remain in me and I also remain in you. Uh, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless... Uh, you remain in me. So it very clearly says that if you do not remain in me, uh, then you don't bear bear fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I in you. The condition is, uh, you know, very clearly said in verse 5. Uh, there is an if. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So very clearly God says that if you are not in me, you will you will be able to do nothing. So whatever that we are doing, whatever results that we are seeing in our career lives and in our spiritual lives, uh, it, is, uh, it is because of uh, God. Uh, the most important is if you do not remain in me, God comes to say, you do not remain in me and uh, my words remain in you. So ask whatever you wish and it will be, no, sorry, if you remain in me, uh, if you do not remain, here gives, God gives a condition that if you do not remain in me, he gives a warning. So what is the warning he gives? Um, he gives the warning that you will be thrown into the fire and burned. So the, the verse 6 you read, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and with us. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. So then God says, if you remain in me and my words remain in so here God very clearly says that you have to act on my word and, you know, and go by my word. So uh, the, there uh, he says, ask whatever you wish. If you ask whatever you wish, when you remain in me, it will be done for you. Verse 8 says, this is to my father's glory. You bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. When you bear, when, when you remain in me, you will bear much fruit and um, you become my disciples. Not only my son, but you become my, uh, my disciple. As the father has loved me, so have I <coughs> loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. 
here God talks about two things, one, love and commands. So he says that God loves us. And then if you remain in God, that love is uh, definitely there. The promises that, you know, uh, now remain, that you will remain in my love. So uh, then uh, he, he says, uh, uh, he talks about the father's commands and, you know, God's <coughs> commands are there. So repeated, you know, we have to abide by his word and, uh, and uh, live according to his commands. So we have to keep his commands, uh, you know, 100%. And there's no, no, there are no two ways about it. Then verse 11 says, I have told you this so my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So here you get a complete peace of mind when you remain in uh, Jesus and Jesus comes to you. So here we see, you know, both ways. You remaining in uh, God and God remains in you. It's a complete joy, peace and everything uh, that is given to us. So we ought to be kind of connected with God. Uh, Eve fell for temptation and disobeyed God. You're not connected with God, you know, by eating the, uh, eating the forbidden uh, fruit. So man got a distance from God. We also see the Israelites disobeyed uh, God's word and uh, went after idols. They did not remain in God and did not stay faithful to God. Eventually they got distanced uh, from God. Uh, let's not be like the Israelites who defected from God's directions. Uh, I was listening to a conversation on the television recently. I think last week when Brother Monzi Lazarus was speaking with an evangelist uh, by name Brother Navanita recently. Uh, the evangelist was testifying and telling the television audience how he was saved and blessed. He was um, a drawing teacher in a diocese in school down south. And in his free time, he used to draw the images of idols and uh, he was raking in a lot of money for himself. He said, did not have peace of mind. Uh, he was very much troubled in life. Uh, God talked to him one day, showed him his sin and pointed out to him that he would only draw for his glory. So the evangelist, uh, you know, burned down all the stocks of his expensive drawings of idols he had made overnight and resolved to uh, give himself up to God. Uh, made a vow to God that he would never draw those <coughs> idols again. So his life changed and uh, God blessed him uh, since then. And he also shared a story of how a Muslim boy, uh, you know, in the neighborhood was led to God uh, uh, by him. I mean, was uh, led to him by God. And uh, he said that you are going to, you know, you're, you're going to meet uh, uh, your opposite house uh, gentleman and uh, he's going to give you directions for your life. So he said God spoke to him and he became, that Muslim boy became a Christian and he continuously ministered to him and he started abiding in God. So when we disobey God, our connectivity with God cuts off. So we are connected in the virtual world and we like to use our gadgets to connect with people. And we show a lot of enthusiasm and desire to, you know, socially connect with people. Do we show that uh, enthusiasm to connect uh, with God? enthusiasm in fact should be more to uh, connect with God so we cannot remain without uh, you know being connected even the you know uh, material world is not to be connected connected with friends and connected with uh, children uh, but now we have to you know uh, put our focus on being connected with God thirdly when we abide in Jesus uh, we are blessed uh, and when we remain in Jesus, he remains in us. So the blessing of salvation for us is uh, that God lives in us when we remain in him. Then we have accepted him as our God 
and uh, live following his, his precepts. Uh, our blessings are multifarious and uh, manifold. Uh, benefits saved, forgiveness, uh, God forgives us, uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, and the Holy Spirit will lead us, uh, you know, um, to be upright. God helps us through the Holy Spirit to abide in Him. So that's the help that we need and we need to pray for it. Our eternal life with Jesus is uh, promised. Uh, that's a blessing. So His blessings are those, you know, brings us, uh, that bring us uh, closer to God every day. Material blessings also God gives us, you know, all material uh, prosperity. I mean, your career progress, your business progress, our business growth, health, good health, uh, peace of mind. Everything God uh, gives us for our sake, uh, for our salvation with love so that we are not separated from God. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 32 to 39, we read, uh, uh, you know, God uh, tells us about, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, how uh, we, we have to intercede uh, with him, uh, how God gave himself for us so that we will uh, remain in, uh, uh, in him. So, uh, verse 35 says, Romans 8 verse 35 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Christ will tribulation or trouble or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or uh, sword. So, uh, I mean, nothing will, uh, you know, separate us uh, uh, from Christ uh, if we intercede uh, with him. So we have to do our part to abide in uh, Jesus. So he loved us. He gave himself uh, uh, for us. Uh, so uh, we are not separated uh, from God and the love of God is uh, always, uh, you know, uh, with us. So our hope is in our God, whom we invite to abide in us. We need to pray uh, always, even during this Lent days, you know, we have to uh, focus more on seeking God and abiding uh, in God. So in the words of the lyricist, you know, I think I should uh, conclude, uh, or maybe sing, you know, usually nights, uh, you know, we used to sing this song in Tamil uh, every night in our home those days, you know. Uh, uh, the, you know, abide with the, so, uh, you know, the lyricist very uh, nicely puts the words here. Our hope is God and we seek him to abide with us. Abide with me. Uh, fast falls the eventide. The darkness uh, deepens, Lord. With me abide. When other helpers fail and comfort flee. Help of the helpless. Oh, abide with me. So, you help me, Lord. Um, I mean, um, important lines of uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, change and decay in all around I see oh, thou who changes not abide in me uh, where uh, grave thy victory I triumph still uh, if you thou abide with me uh, in life in death oh Lord abide with me abide with me abide with me that is that is what we see so we invite God he comes in so may God give us the grace uh, for us to abide in him even as we invite him to abide in us amen shall we pray Our heavenly father we thank you Lord uh, for this day as we begin a new week Lord we pray Lord that your mercy and grace will be upon us and we pray Lord that all that we have uh, meditated today we pray Lord that we would absorb and we would uh, uh, show uh, that, uh, Lord, we abide uh, in you and uh, you in us. 
God so that we will become role models and examples wherever we are. We may be in ministries, we may be in uh, our um, workplaces. Lord, uh, we will ask for your grace and mercy, uh, Lord, to uh, show that your kingdom is going to come and we would be instruments to spread your word so that your kingdom, Lord, uh, comes and many people will be saved, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us even, uh, Lord, uh, as we start uh, uh, work this week. We pray for your blessings, pray, Lord, that uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, enabling us to uh, travel, enabling our uh, you know businesses, uh, Lord, uh, uh, to come back. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, be with us, uh, brothers and sisters. We pray, Lord, that uh, our ministry will, uh, Lord, expand. Lord, we would open up our uh, your for many, many more uh, people so that, uh, Lord, businesses uh, will understand uh, that your presence will make a big difference to them. We pray, Lord, that for professionals, your presence will make a big difference to them, Lord. So we will uh, be instruments and we will be, Lord, a light to uh, many people, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us today and all the days to come. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen.